This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Let's take a second to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is by far the absolute easiest way to make a podcast. And when I say easy, I mean easy. First of all, it's completely free and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit right from your phone or your computer. Best of all, with Anchor, you can add any songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. So the possibilities are endless on what you can create. Whether you want to create a music analysis, your own radio show, a deep dive on your favorite genre or artist, or something that the world's never heard before. Anchor will even help publish your show to Spotify so you can reach hundreds of millions of listeners. Oh, did I mention there's no copyright on the songs? Yeah, it's that easy. You guys want to start a podcast that includes music, or you guys just want to start a podcast in general, get started by downloading the free Anchor app or going to anchor.fm. And if you need some inspiration, you can head over to blog.anchor.fm slash music from some more idea starters. Thank you so much, and let's get into the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. In today's episode, I am interviewing Natasha, who is the founder of All Call, which is a new way to travel. So basically, Natasha created a company that provides curated travel guides for millennials and honestly for anyone, but definitely more geared towards millennials. And they're travel guides curated by your favorite influencers and also just people who love traveling and have done their fair amount of traveling. And it's a great way to monetize travel guides so if you are you know a city really well you travel a lot it's a great way to kind of get paid for your knowledge on that and your expertise on a place so i think the idea is really 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 cool and i'm so excited to have you guys listen to this podcast she obviously explains all call a lot better but i think it's just such a cool idea and i'm really excited to have her on the podcast we also recorded this at the spotify headquarters you guys it was the coolest experience ever i was invited by anchor who if you guys don't know what anchor is anchor is the platform that i record my podcast on and they were recently bought by spotify so now they're at the spotify headquarters which is so cool and i was invited to record a podcast there at their podcast lab so it was just a really cool experience it was really fun if you guys saw it on my instagram stories in a vlog let me know if you guys saw that you guys would have seen it first but yeah it was just a really really cool experience and i'm super super grateful for it But anyways, I did just want to kind of get into the episode before we got into it. I, of course, love doing the reviewer of the week. So I am going to go on the podcast app and find the reviewer of the week. You guys have no idea how much it means to me to have you guys reviewing my podcast. It's just such an honor that you guys take the time out of your day to review it so thank you so so much for doing that hi natalie i've been listening to your podcast for nearly a year and i love the variety of the content you bring as feedback with your most recent episode the audio was kind of broken and it was hard to decipher what you and brooke were speaking about nonetheless keep up the great work I wanted to incorporate this as the reviewer of the week because I do appreciate feedback. I think that a lot of creators take feedback and hate comments as kind of two in one. It's like, oh my gosh, she said my audio was bad. Like, ugh, like that's a hate comment. Whereas I don't ever want to think of it that way. Of course, like sometimes reading that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that sucks. Like that's sad. But I view it as constructive criticism and you're saying it as like feedback because you have been listening to my podcast and you want it to be good so i actually really 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 appreciate that if you guys have any other feedback that you have to give me please dm it to me and like just let me know your feedback because 
that's i mean i'm always trying to improve and you guys are the reason why i make these podcast episodes so if you guys have feedback please let me know so i do appreciate that and that's why i wanted to highlight that review of the week because she was still like hey i love your podcast i've been listening to it since the beginning um but yeah here's some things to make it better and i actually really 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 appreciate that so thank you so much g ditzy if that's your username to for reviewing and for giving me constructive criticism over just like a something not nice you know you actually said something super constructive so i really really appreciate that um and of course i love highlighting reviewers of the week because it takes time to review a podcast and i just want you guys to know that i really really do appreciate that but if you guys like this episode be sure to go on itunes and give it five stars and thank you guys so much for reviewing and for supporting me and of course join the private facebook page but i'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode this audio will definitely be pretty good because it was actually at a real podcast lab um but thank you again for listening for clicking on this podcast uh it's just been it's been so much fun recording so i am so excited for you guys to hear this episode and now let's just get into the episode with natasha welcome to the real real podcast with natalie garbu instagram might be your highlight reel but we're here to talk about the real real hi natasha thanks so much for joining me on my podcast hi thanks so much for having me So we are just going to jump right into setting the record straight. This is just some assumptions, and you're going to say if they're true or if they're false based on your experience. Great. So the first one is that everyone should work a quote-unquote normal job at least once. Okay. Let me think. I feel like there's some serious benefits to having a job Mm -hmm. prior to starting your own thing. I think for me... I worked at Indiegogo before I started working on Call, my business, and so much came out of that job that I never could have imagined or really anticipated that would Mm -hmm. benefit my own thing. And I think oftentimes it's hard to take jobs or to take opportunities where there's not like a real direct correlation to your end goal, but I think it all kind of adds up and eventually gets you to where you want to be. Um, That being said, I know some like great entrepreneurs who – have started right out of college like they left school they know what they want to do or even like left school to start their own thing and have been really successful so I think it's um like there's benefits to both I Mm -hmm. would say that the path is probably easier if you've had some work experience and you have a network an existing professional network that you can dip into for the work that you you want to really do yeah that's so true not even just for what you learn but for the connections that you make yeah exactly at one of those jobs and people are born entrepreneurial I think so like in doing this you read mm-hmm. so much about the archetype of an entrepreneur like what they look like how they act what they like look like what they care about how they're um not scared of risk like all these mm-hmm. things that people say like this is what makes an entrepreneur and I think all of those assumptions usually are wrong yeah. and um actually can be like really daunting if you're like oh but I don't look like that or I don't that's not my personality or I do worry or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think you can be born with like a very imaginative, visionary type of person. And um, that usually lends itself to being an entrepreneur. But I think a lot of things can happen in your life that then make you um, a perfect entrepreneur if you even weren't like that type of person originally. So maybe you come up against like a problem that you know you can solve better than anybody, mm-hmm. but you're maybe not a risk taker or whatever it yeah. may be. 
So, um, again, I don't know. It's It really depends on the Most person. Most of these are always yes and no. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but I want to hear, like, why you think that. So yeah. it's perfect. No, I, Great. <laughs> I always think, like, when I'm writing these questions, I'm like, I know that the answer is yes and no, <laughs> but I just still want to ask it anyways. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet, Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream, it is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 400 50 degrees, reduces inner pair split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz-free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. I just wanted to take a quick break to thank TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds for sponsoring today's episode. 
Are you having trouble sleeping, focusing, or relaxing? If the answer is yes, then TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds podcast has got you covered. This hour-long podcast is made to help you get rid of distractions, reduce stress, relax, and get better sleep. You can listen to the sounds of nature, white noise, relaxing music, and so much more. You can check out the TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds podcast on Spotify or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. And the first step in starting a business is hiring the right people. Um, I would say I would say this is a no. For uh-huh. me, it hasn't been. I think um, I knew what I wanted to build. I knew that I, of course, had to get some people through the door, like the right talent to help with certain aspects of it. Um, and my team right now is like a real mix of varying degrees of involvement or um, compensation or whatever that looks like. And I mm-hmm. think more and more um, with like the rise of contracting and how commonplace that's become, there's really this move towards people who are really, really talented, who want to work on several projects that they care about. And I can actually get somebody who's more experienced and a better uh, fit for like 10 or 15 hours of the week and their their time being that amount for all call. And, and a a better like designer or a better social media person or marketer Mm. because they're like, okay, I can give you this portion of time and I want to work on these other products as well. And I think that's going to become more and more common. Yeah. So I think of course getting the right people around you, but I don't think like team and employment looks the same way that it did um, even like four or five years ago. Yeah, no, that's so true. And like all of these new sites like Upwork and Fiverr and Mm. content, when you can just contract people for little things, I think is huge now. Like a lot of people don't want to hire people full time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And they just want a little bit like here, I just want you for social for the next three months. Yeah, exactly. And I think the goal would be that those relationships are long lasting and that Mm -hmm. um, maybe they do join the team full time at some point, or maybe they work with you on that contract basis for five, 10 years or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. But I think the way that we look at employment is shifting and changing. Um, And that's something that I've come up against a lot in working on All Call, this question of like team and how you build a team. Um, And I'm really interested in it because I think that it's like evolving with sort of the new ways that we have employment today. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And now let's just get into the topics. So before we start, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, Um, my name's Natasha. I am the founder of All Call. All Call is a travel startup. And um, I can I can speak to what it is maybe a little bit later, but I previously worked at Indiegogo, which is a, a, a marketplace for crowdfunding. Um, I went to school in the city. I went to the new school. Uh, originally from Florida, live in Brooklyn, lived in New York almost 10 years. So, yeah, this little, little bio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've been here since school. Yeah, so I moved here when I was 18, um, got, you know, a job, went to – school well I originally moved here and I was like I'm not gonna go to college yeah and and then I got here and I was like I really need to go to college um (laughs) so um then I ended up at the new school and loved it had such an amazing experience and Mm -hmm. I think I had like this view or idea of like what a college experience looked like and that never like resonated with me and so um finding the new school which is very like untraditional in terms of the way that they educate and it's all very conversational and um it's really geared towards like you having interests and learning around those interests i love that so yeah and it was it wasn't like it was in the city so your education is really like hands-on you're going Mm -hmm. to amazing museums and you're talking to the artists who you're um the work that you're like evaluating and so 
I loved it. It was it was great. So, um, yeah, I've been here since I went to school. And what did you major in? Um, I'm, I majored in. It was called art in context, and so it was basically choo- you chose two concentrations, one in liberal arts and one more in fine arts. And so, my um, concentrations were culture and media and visual studies. And basically, it was like film and mm-hmm. art history, if it were to be boiled down. Um, and so it was great. We went to amazing, amazing museums, talked to great artists. Um, that sounds great. Yeah, it was really, it was like totally dream come true. I yeah. do think my parents were like, what, what is this <laughs> education you're getting? Um, but it was like, I loved it. It made me fall in love with the city and fall in love with like the arts. And um, I think a lot of that sort of shaped being an entrepreneur and seeing um, – brand and the way that people respond to how things look visually like I think it all kind of played into that as well yeah yeah no that's really cool and I feel like I can see now you going there how you create how your all call is like your brand you know it's very visual and it's very aesthetic but it's also so it has to do with art but it's also has to do with travel and learning and I love that yeah totally so what is all call for everyone listening yeah um so all calls a travel startup And um, we provide curated itineraries to millennial travelers, planned and sold by people they follow. So what that actually looks like is a marketplace on one side, travelers, and on the other side, what we're calling guides. And guides are Instagram influencers, they're local tastemakers, um, they're someone like myself where I love to travel and I spend a lot of time and energy planning my itinerary and I have always friends emailing me being like, hey, I'm going here, like send me your recs. Um, And so it really came out of that personal problem of like, I wish there was somewhere that I could like make money and monetize these emails that I send that's like, these are the great bars I went to and and stuff. So as a a traveler, you'd be able to go on, um, shop itineraries for like locations you're interested in or places that you know you're going to and then get like perfectly curated itineraries by people um, that you probably know on online or on Instagram or something like that. That's awesome. I love that idea because whenever you look up what to do in a certain place, the most touristy places come up, which is understandable. I mean, you want to see the monuments and everything like that, but I'm more of a traveler when I go somewhere. I want to live a little more locally and I want to live like, I want to find the cool restaurants that or might be hole in the walls or mm-hmm. a place that is good for a photo. And nowadays that's actually important when you mm-hmm. travel. You don't just want, like for New York, for example, I don't want to go to the Statue of Liberty totally. or the Empire State Building yeah. or Times Square or anything like that. Yeah. I want to go to the cool restaurants that people are trying out or mm-hmm. hang out in Soho and West Village and the places that not the Pinterest guide, like Pinterest yeah. guides aren't talking about or yeah. if you search online, like those are not being talked about. Totally. And that's um, really where, why I started to think about call and think about the travel industry is there's this major disconnect between mm-hmm. like millennials or like younger travelers and the values that they have around their experiences and the way that they like to travel mm-hmm. and sort of the places that they can find that information online. Mm-hmm. Like you and I are not going to Expedia.com to no. like plan our trips. Exactly. And so um, I really saw that there was an opportunity for like a super aspirational brand to actually provide a service around travel for a younger demographic And um, there is this value set of like wanting to support local economies and participate in responsible tourism and have these 
new types of experiences that feel more authentic, that feel more local, that are actually really hard to find online. Yeah, and, they are. Unless yeah. you know someone that lives there personally. Exactly. It's really hard to find it's really it online. Difficult. Yeah, and it, and we're sort of like robbing ourselves of these really um, like transformational and meaningful experiences when we're traveling. And so I wanted to find a way to do that for people. And then on the other side, have people who actually have that knowledge be able to monetize it and be able to um, have a new revenue stream for them because they do know something and they've spent a lot of time um, either knowing their city or traveling. And so this is sort of how um, All Call came to be. Yeah, no. And also, I feel like when I'm traveling or when you're looking up traveling guides, a lot of the places mm-hmm. are very expensive that it tells you to yeah. go to because yeah, yeah, they're yeah. known as being tourist traps. Yeah. So they'll charge totally. you $45 for admission per yeah. person. So I feel like this is a great way to find more local places. And like you were saying, responsible tourism where yeah. you're giving back to local communities. Exactly. And it's not just like you're paying a big, huge company to tour their yeah, building. Exactly. I, um, like when you go to Italy, you're supposed to drink $3 Aperol spritzes. Like exactly. that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And so getting access to that, um, I find is like meaningful and important mm-hmm. for people to be able to really understand a culture and participate in a way that is um, authentic to where they're traveling. Yeah. And do you travel a lot in your free time? I do. I traveled a lot more before I started Alcohol. call. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I do though. I grew up traveling. My parents have a nonprofit. And so um, we would travel literally my whole, tra- my whole childhood was just, we were based out of South Florida, but we spent a ton of tri- time traveling. And um, I would like every year max out on my absences. My teachers would be like, you have to show up. Yeah. Like- <laughs> oh, I was the same way. Not necessarily because of travel, but <laughs> I would definitely max out on my absences. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, and then they were always like, I'd be like, it's not me, it's my parents. Yeah. Um, but it was super uh, formative for me mm-hmm. and, and shaped so much of who I am and um, how much, like, how I see the world and what I view as important. And so as I, like, became an adult and had my own sort of income, um, so much of my thinking around, like, saving and wh- how I wanted to spend my resources was traveling and wanting yeah. to, like, explore new locations and um, be exposed to the world in different ways and found that it really gave me access to, like, empathy for the way people, yeah. other people live um, or, like, a just eye-opening for how cultures um, are so different from me and how all my friends are so yeah I travel I travel a lot and I, I really love it I miss I miss the um having a nine to five you have mm-hmm. access to it in a different way than when you're yeah thing. Yeah. yeah because like at work you can take PTO and then you totally. don't worry about anything because yeah. you're on vacation but I yeah. feel like with your own business you're never on vacation yep because exactly. even if you're across the world you're still it's on you it's <laughs> yeah. working exactly yeah. um but I'm I'm thinking about like we did an apartment swap last uh, – my husband and I did an apartment swap last Christmas. And so I'm, like, I'm scheming for that. I'm yeah. like, okay, that seems like a reasonable time to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And what's your favorite place that you've been so far? Ooh. Um, uh, I would say this, a city that I know really well that I love is Paris. Like, mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to beat for me. My dad grew I up in Nice. Paris. So, yeah, it's so great. And it's, like, I just love it. I love – the culture, I love how everybody's kind of rude. I'm just yeah. like, this is my vibe. <laughs> it uh, reminds me of New York. Yeah. It really does. And yeah. it like, they have rules. And if you follow them, they're totally friendly. And if you don't follow them, they're going to be mean. And that's New York. And I yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, Completely. But yeah, I mean, I think the place that recently I was just like, my mind was blown. I went to India last year and we went to Mumbai and Goa and it was just 
unbelievable. I was mm-hmm. just like, this is like no nowhere I've ever been before. Yeah. So different. I was there for a wedding and and that was like seven days of like celebrating and just really like like just entering into like a totally different culture and experience and mm-hmm. going to this wedding and um they're from Mumbai. And so that was awesome. I really, really want to go back and I'd love to go to the north of India. It's sort of like next on my list. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe someone will make an itinerary. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. (laughs) And what's the process of creating a millennial targeted business? Like all call. Yeah, I think um, the. I mean, something I talk a lot about with the people I'm working with is just having something that this is like somewhat obvious, but there's a thousand different decisions that make it happen. Mm -hmm. But having something that is like brand first, that's design forward, that's really conscious of. Um, every little thing that you put out there because so much of what I'm trying to do is to um, give people like an aspirational experience, whether that's like checking us out on Instagram or looking at our website online. Um, and I I think that it's really easy to talk about brand from like, a, oh, our logo should look a certain way or like our colors should yeah. be like on message or whatever. But it's so much deeper than that. I think um, there's like so many underlying decisions that are made to make people feel aligned with what you're doing. And there's, yeah, every day I'm like, okay, how does this affect like the message we're se- we're sending people or the um, experience that people have at, at looking at us and, mm-hmm. and deciding whether they want to buy something through us. So um, I thought a lot about that. And then also just thinking about the needs and like desires of, of this demographic. And what's great about it is I am building something for me. Like Exactly. You yeah. are your ideal customer. <laughs> exactly. And so that helps a lot. Um, yeah. And being able to just constantly ask like my friends, hey, what do you think of this? Would you do this? Would you do you understand this? Is this messaging clear? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a huge benefit of, of building a product that's um, for you and for your peers and that's been really really fun like I've enjoyed that so much um and but also like realizing that you're one you're one person and you have like one thing that you think is right um and so having that sort of feedback loop with um other peers and people in my sort of demographic that I know are experiencing the same pain points as me Mm -hmm. and putting like things in front of them and saying like what what do you think about this has been huge in sort of developing what we've built yeah and I love that you say that you're brand first and everything that you do you want to make sure that it aligns with your brand because now I do think a lot of millennials are putting their money where they in brands that they believe in yeah not just because they like a product like if they like a product but they don't like the brand necessarily Mm -hmm. they won't support them so I think that that's a huge thing that you're doing is like you're making sure that everything aligns you're not yeah quote unquote like a sellout or anything yeah, yeah. like that you know like <laughs> totally. it's very you are have a mission and you're sticking to that which yeah. i think is really really important for yeah consumers thanks, thanks. and do you have did you do market research or is it mainly like your friends your peers that you know mm-hmm. because you guys i mean your peers are your ideal market yeah too, totally. so um a little bit of both so i when I was still at my day job, I started to think about this problem a lot and was really coming up against like seeing an opportunity in the travel space and wanting to build something in it and um, knowing that also the travel space is like pretty congested. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, what are the like main things that I feel like are missing here and that aren't working for uh, yeah, me and my friends. Yeah. And so originally I was like, okay, what can I do that's like totally bootstrapped that I can do with my day job? And so sort of answering the question of market research, I my first question was like, okay, why do millennials not use travel agents? And um, wanting to find a really 
low buy-in way to like figure that out, but get my hands a little bit dirty in the travel industry. So I built through Squarespace a a boutique travel agency. It was called Outbound Baby. And I like had a friend do um, like some logos for me and spent a ton of time like making sure that it felt young, that it felt fresh, that it would really appeal to, um, yeah, millennials and, and a younger demographic um, with the service really being what a travel agent does. Mm-hmm. So trying to figure out is the main reason why young people don't use travel agents anymore because it's like a branding issue mm-hmm. and they think that it's like what old people do or is there something fundamentally broken about this um, the travel agency industry that doesn't work anymore? And so I knew that I could launch something like that uh, fairly cheaply and do it on, like, nights and weekends. Because you were manually doing everything, Yeah. So basically I told all my friends and family, like, I'll plan your entire vacation for $100. I'll build out an itinerary through Squarespace and, um, like, book everything. So basically, like, if you were like, hey, I'm going to Los Angeles for three days. Here's my budget. I'd like do a ton of research, think about all the things that you'd like to do, build it all out in Squarespace, make it look really pretty, like have all these great pictures and then send it to you. And then if you were like, cool, yeah, I love it. I'd go through and like make your dinner reservations and book your hotel and do like all of that stuff. Um, And it wasn't it wasn't to like make money. It was really Mm -hmm. to better understand, Okay, what are the main problems with this industry? What are younger people actually looking for in a service like this? Do they even want a service like this? So um, it was a lot of work because I was also like still my job. So yeah. I was like, oh waking my gosh, up. I can't imagine having to go to a nine to five and then also plan someone's vacation <laughs> entirely. Afterwards. It was yeah, I was I was definitely like, oh, this is like a this is not going to work long term. <laughs> yeah, but I think it'll get me to my a goal. It will get me to my goal, and like it'll help me answer this question and sort of clarify for me what I actually want to build in the travel space because I was really interested in it, but I also didn't know what the solution was. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm not going to quit my job and just be like, I'm interested in travel. And (laughs) so um, having some sort of like starting point was um, important. And so I did that for six months. And that was really a lot of like, to to go back to your original question, a lot of what quote unquote, like my market research was. Oh yeah, definitely. So a lot of like info and sort of understanding not only about the travel industry, but about this customer came out of that. Um, and then I did more like traditional research. Like I surveyed a ton of people and I like did user um, interviews with mm-hmm. people asking them about their travel and how much money they spend and what they're looking for and all that sort of stuff. So it was a real mix, but Outbound Baby was really um, like the heart of where the eventual, what became All Call came out of. I love that you did that. I think that's so cool. I feel like most people kind of jump right into it. They might do research on their own, but you started a whole other business, essentially. Yeah, I mean, and it was... Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> you know, you started that to see what the issue was, yeah. which I think is a really cool way of approaching it that I mm-hmm. haven't heard many people do before. Yeah, and I think, like, just thinking about this podcast and, and sort of your reasoning behind it, there was, like, a lot of times during that period that I was really discouraged because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this thing isn't – this doesn't work. Like, this isn't the answer. And I think in that in that period, I was – really wanted it to be. Like, I was like, oh, I thought this would maybe be mm-hmm. – like, it wasn't immediately clear what I could take out of that and build. And, I mean, I would just say this as, as an encouragement. Like, there are going to definitely be things that you try that you're like, man, this isn't working. But 
it eventually gets you to where you need to be. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really easy to look back now and say, like, oh, there's this perfect story around why I did Outbound Baby. But it definitely wasn't that way when I was in it. Yeah, it didn't feel like that. No, not at all. It was like, oh, no, like, what do I do next? Like, how is this going to become something that I actually wanted to be? Um, but it, it eventually, like, got there and, and became clear, like, what the purpose of that was. And so I would just say, like, if there's something that people are interested in, like, start with something like that and don't be discouraged if it doesn't work right away because you're going to learn so much about, like, okay, this is where we can move to that would sort of figure out this problem or be the right solution or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so many people get just get so discouraged based on a, one little failure or if yeah. something doesn't work, then they yeah, get totally. discouraged because when you first have the idea of a business, it's so exciting and it's like mm-hmm. the best day ever <laughs> and you're like, wow, this is going to take me so far. Right. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm going to launch and it's just going to do so great right yeah. away. And then when that doesn't happen, you get really discouraged and you think that you're a failure and it's just not going to work out and you might as well quit now. Yeah. But I think that your story especially shows that just keep at it. You're mm-hmm. going to learn from it. Yeah. It might not be the straight path that you've pictured, but yeah, totally. I mean, without that, I feel like you wouldn't be here today oh. creating All Call, which yeah. is so cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And at All Call, do you have a team with you or is it just you right now and you have like contractors that you have or? Yeah, it's definitely, it's a mix of, um, of things. I have a like a few people who varying degrees have sort of involved in like mm-hmm. um, contracting or um, have been working in with us for a while and like maybe are we're thinking about bringing on full time. But I have an amazing designer that I've been working with since um, sort of the beginning of, of All Call. And he's great. I love him. He's like done such an amazing job with um, this, this initial product. And so um, he's on the team. And then I have um, this woman named Kat who does all of our social and a lot of like our marketing strategy and I'm totally obsessed with her as well. She's very great and she's super cool. And then um, I have another guy, Caleb, who's helping me um, sort of think through like onboarding and our our guide side um, who are people who align with our brand and are interesting in the travel space and he's been helping me with that. And then I've been working with an agency to do the initial development of, mm-hmm. of All Call. Um, and they've been great and I'm, I'm in talks with a few people about um, coming on board as as like a technical co-founder so there's like yeah there's some things going on there that are exciting but not like totally confirmed so we're sort of still in this like middle ground of like are we gonna get married or not you know (laughs) kind of thing um so yeah we'll see but I I yeah I love everybody who's working on it and it's been so fun to find people who um are really stoked about what we're doing and really see an opportunity and have a really like unique voice and a lot that they're bringing to to the table in terms of their own experience. So it's been really cool. Yeah. And who was the first hire that you made or the first person that you added on your team? Yeah. So Clark was the first person, my designer, um, that like very officially of like, okay, here's the thing that I need you to work on. And um, this is like the idea. This is what this thing needs to look like. Um, But it was a ton of board documents basically being Mm -hmm. like, okay, here are the things, like here are the flows of purchase like here are the customers here's the activities they're going to be doing and like let's build something and design Mm. something from there um which was great and really really cool to have somebody who's um a really experienced designer and who really understands like uh user experience and how people sort of interact with things online um to sort of think through like okay if we think they're going to do this like how do we build around those activities yeah is it hard for you to let stuff go to other people or you or are you someone that's like easily can delegate other people. I always wonder that because I yeah. think for me personally, it's hard for me to kind of communicate what I need done. And yeah. it's in my head, it's one way. So mm-hmm. I want it done exactly that way. And I totally. always think like, oh, I'm 
the best person for this because I've been doing this for so long. So yeah. I always am curious, is it hard for you to delegate? Yeah, I think um, I really have, I had and still have like a very clear vision of what all call mm-hmm. is, like what it looks like and what the, the, the solution that it brings. But um obviously like evolves as you're actually like looking at it every day and thinking yeah. about it. So I definitely was uh Clark and I were like super collaborative, which I really appreciated because um a lot of it he was trying to like extract from like, okay, you think this, like why do you think this? And yeah. um and then as we've worked together for a while, like he gets it. And mm-hmm. so there's less of that. And I feel like I have so much trust. Like I feel like the more I work with people, I'm like, oh, I trust you to do yeah. this thing. And yeah. I can be like pretty hands off. Um, and like it definitely ranges like at the beginning of I think each project. I'm like, so it's so it's like my baby. So yeah. I'm like so precious about it. And then um, it, I'm pretty quick, though, to like like flip a switch and be like, oh, I trust this person. They can do it. And, okay. Um, and like that's how I feel about everybody who I'm working with now. And like, That's so important. Yeah, it is. And there's like a lot of trust there. And um, I like Kat who is working on our Instagram. Like she – I'm just like anything you want to do. Like, yeah. I, I just know that you like get what we're doing um, and that you're great at what you do. And I think where – I feel like uh, nervous about it or like at first want to sort of control it is when I'm like, do you understand though? Like, do you get what we're doing? And then once I trust that they do, I'm like, okay, you're the expert here. Like you go do your thing. Yeah. I think that's a really good sign that you're a good leader and that you can delegate well. (laughs) So that's awesome. And did you always know that you were going to become an entrepreneur growing up? Did you know that you wanted to start your own business or did the idea just kind of fall on you? Um, I think I always like had – I was always really curious and like mm-hmm. interested in a lot of things. And I um, like graduated high school early, not not because I was super smart, smart but I was just like really scrappy. Like yeah. I was like, I hate this. And my parents were like, okay, like figure figure out something. Like you have to get a, you know, a high school diploma. So if yeah. you can figure out a way to do it faster, fine. Yeah. Um, so I did. I was like, I found like this homeschool network in Maine. And I was like, okay, I'm going to finish that in a year. That and is like, so funny. <laughs> and because I was just like, I, I just like, didn't enjoy it I don't didn't yeah. have like that um I don't know it didn't it didn't vibe with me so <laughs> I left high school early I like moved to Argentina went to culinary school I was like I'm gonna be a chef oh like that my was gosh. my whole like plan um and I think I was like and then I was like no I'm gonna move to New York I'm really into fashion and then I got here and I was like oh I don't know maybe it's art and like I think I was always just like generally pretty curious about mm-hmm. um mostly like creative industries but had like wanted to figure out everything like I was like okay like why do people do it this way or um and I think that is sort of one of those traits that they say is important in an entrepreneur which we all know maybe is not true but um it's just wanting to understand things and and has like a natural curiosity about the way that people um operate and so I think I always had like some sense of that and then on the other hand I'm just like very um like internally driven like I don't need a boss or someone to tell me like you need to do this thing like I'm Mm. always going to be a hundred times harder on myself than like um a supervisor would be and Mm -hmm. I think that is an important trait because so much of this is you pushing yourself and like waking up every day and saying like okay these are things I want to get done today and this is this is like the result that I need by the end of this month and Mm -hmm. it's you pushing yourself and so I've always had that um sort of in me even from like a very young age so I think that sort of lends itself to um me having like the ingredients for it to make sense for me to start alcohol yeah I think that's how I am with being 
you have to really discipline yourself. Mm -hmm. So, so many people always ask me, they're like, so do you just wake up at like 11? Because you don't have anything to do, apparently, (laughs) since you work for yourself. I'm like, no, I try waking uh... up. (laughs) Yeah, I try waking up in the 6 or 7 o'clock hour, like 7.30 the latest. Yeah, totally. Have to get my stuff done. I have things to do, surprisingly. (laughs) You know, but I feel like a lot of people think like, oh my gosh, if I didn't have a boss telling me what to do, I would never want to do anything. Like, it's freedom yeah but for me i'm like so much more hard on harder on myself and even like my parents they never asked me about my grades they never Mm -hmm. asked me about the colleges i was applying for like they were not that they didn't care but they knew that i was on top of it already they weren't worried about you they weren't worried yeah Yeah, they were like i'm sure she's doing fine if not she would be upset so (laughs) yeah yeah, they were always very hands-off on Mm -hmm. that sense so i definitely think that i'm like the same way and i I can discipline myself. And a lot of people ask me like, well, how do you stay motivated? And I hate answering this question because I feel annoying saying it, but it's just one of those things where it's like, if I don't do it, like it's, I have to get it done. I mean, I just have to, like, it's just, I don't do any ritual to motivate me. Like it's just in me that I know I need to do it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I I think that's, yeah. And I definitely think you can learn that. Like Mm -hmm. if you just practice it enough and you're, you practice discipline enough it's something that you can learn i don't think mm-hmm. you have to be like necessarily born with it like we yeah. were saying but that's a huge thing that you should be good at if yeah. you're gonna like do something on your own yeah and i think for some people it's like finding for some people they're just like that mm-hmm. and then other people it's like they found the thing that they feel motivated yeah. and ambition in and so i think some people have to find that thing for it to click and start to make sense for them yeah and that's really nice that your parents i feel like were very they let you express yourself yeah totally. um, like moving to argentina yeah. to go to culinary <laughs> school graduating early moving to new york yeah all of that i think is so important to have that support system too yeah they were they're very chill about it which yeah. i appreciate yeah totally yeah I'm, I'm surprised you moved to argentina i'm like oh that's a big thing we left out yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like feels like such a long time ago now that i'm like did, did I do that? But I yeah. did. Um, but yeah, I was, I mean, I think it was very cool of my parents to see like, okay, the arc, like Natasha is different mm-hmm. than, um, I don't know, maybe my sister or whatever, yeah. like seeing that each of your children are unique and that they have different things about them that make them special and encouraging that in them as opposed to being like, this is the one way that yeah. I can go, you know? Exactly. And is this your first business idea besides the Outbound Baby, right? Outbound yeah, Baby? Yeah, Outbound Baby. So is this your tr- first business idea, like the traveling, the travel Yeah, guides, this, is, this, is, this is it. I mean, um, there's like, I've definitely had like little ideas here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this idea hit me at the right time with the right experience that I was like, okay, this is the thing I'm going to, I'm going to start with. Yeah. Um, and I think that doing this has definitely made me, um, on one hand be like, oh, wow. Okay. It takes a lot to do this. (laughs) Um, but then on the other hand, it's like, oh, I can't imagine doing anything else. So I think I'll always, I'll always be starting stuff. Um, That's the perfect balance though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Keep being shocked at what you're doing, but also loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) And did you take a lot away from your job at Indiegogo? Do you think that it taught you a lot or what do you think? I guess. Yeah, I think it, I think it did. I think, Mm -hmm. uh, well, I, I know it did, but it's funny because um, so much of that job, I it was like a sales job. And there was like mm-hmm. a lot of things that I was like, this job just like doesn't make sense for me in other mm-hmm. ways. But then I was like really good at it. And I like, didn't understand that. I was just like a lot of that job was me sort of reflecting on um, uh, on the work that I was doing and trying to figure out like, okay, what does this mean for my career? And um, I think there are a lot of ingredients that made my job there um, a success for me and also set me up for all call. Mm-hmm. 
I think I had an amazing boss there who was very, um, like very hands off in a good way of saying like sort of what we talked about with trusting people to do be good at what they are meant to be working on and letting them sort of just run with it he was very much that way and what we were doing within indiegogo was starting a um new branch of the business that was for successful campaigners to continue um, using Indiegogo and have a pre-order platform essentially. And Mm -hmm. so it was just my my boss and I originally who were working on it. And so it was kind of fun because it was like a a startup within like a larger startup. Yeah, that feels nice. It's a small team. And it gave me like that feeling of satisfaction of having ownership over what you're doing and seeing the success of it. And that became like super contagious. And I think that's sort another thing that sort of fed into all call of like, wow, there's very few things that feel as good as knowing that what you're building, you can take credit for and you can say like, oh, I did this thing and really point to some things that were directly from your efforts. Um, and so my job like taught me that. And then it also just gave me like an, an incredible network of people that I, it would have been completely impossible um, to start all call without that yeah. I in the moment never anticipated i didn't see that at all coming so that was really um a pleasant surprise that came out of that that was like super fundamental to this next step yeah no that's awesome i think that finding that network is so important and also Mm -hmm. working in a team and knowing just how to work in a group i think is also just important for starting your own business yeah totally and what would be the biggest advice that you would give to someone that wants that has an idea for a company but just doesn't know where to begin good question um (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of advice. Yeah, there's a lot of advice. I'm trying to think of what would be like my first, my first like step or like really practical um, advice. I think like the doing that sort of what I was talking about with the outbound baby thing of like finding something that's a pretty low threshold, um, like dip your toe into the water of the thing that you're thinking about, Mm -hmm. Um, because you're right. Like the moment of the idea is like the best day it's like this is so great this thing's gonna be huge i love it Mm -hmm. um and then every day after that is like a lot of hard work and Mm -hmm. so i think finding something that's a little bit of um uh yeah just like a a, you're dipping your toe in the water you're like testing the waters you're sort of getting into it a little bit more in in a real way like putting time and effort towards it will really give you like oh yeah i want to do this thing or you'll be like oh this is not the thing and maybe there's something else um so yeah finding finding that thing like giving very general advice, I would say find that thing and start sort of chipping away at it. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with that too. And what is, this is another hard question, but what is the best piece of life advice that you've ever received? Not wow, the best. I know. The best. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> or one of the best. Okay. <laughs> um, Less pressure. Less pressure. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, I had, I had a really good a uh, piece of advice yesterday from another founder that I'll share that because okay. um, that's been sticking with me a lot. We were just talking about sort of like the the mind games that you play as like an entrepreneur and how um, taxing it can be on sort of like your mental health of these ups mm. and downs and like you're so inter- like intertwined with the work that you're doing and it's so personal um, and the wins are like the best and the like the losses are like so tough and um I think he had said that as you are sort of moving forward and like you keep working on this thing, there 
is a lot of mental space that can be taken up by previous decisions, whether they're good or they're bad. And they're like taking up space in your brain that like you need to let go of and be able mm-hmm. to create that, um, yeah, more space for what's next and how do you grow this thing and what's the vision for this thing. And so being able to sort of um, take those that like space of decisions that have been made or mistakes that have been made or great decisions that you've you've decided on um, and like taking them out of your brain and letting your brain think about other things and expand yourself mm-hmm. outside of those previous decisions is like super, super important. And I definitely feel that if like it's easy to obsess over um, things that like you are, have already done and all of those things at the end of the day lead you to where you are. So even if it is a mistake that will give you information about the product that you're building or your customer, or it will tell you what actual team member you do want to bring on or that hire that you're thinking about in a way that you never could have um, looked at it the same way or anticipated it if you hadn't have done all these other things. So um, it's like a less trite way of saying like all things happen for a reason. Yeah, But it is in the same sentiment of like, Give yourself the mental capacity to think about the future and sort of let go of all the other stuff. No, I love that. I think that's something that's really important because we do dwell on the past a lot and we dwell on our failures a lot. Totally. In fear that they happen again. Yeah. Yeah, no, I actually really, really love that. Yeah, and it's like super unproductive to do that. Exactly. There's nothing you can do. It's in the past. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Natasha. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. And when does All Call release? So we're doing a beta launch mid-November and then we're doing a more public launch in December. So you can follow us on Instagram at all call um, for updates or you can sign up for email notifications at allcall.co so but november mid-november you can start buying itineraries awesome and be sure to follow them on instagram because their instagram is so pleasing to look at i love it i was on it today and i'm like this is just like peaceful looking at this (laughs) great that's what we want i love that yeah i really really love it and of course i'll make sure to have everything in the show notes is there anything else you want to shout out or plug oh um well if you want to be a guide um and you love to travel and you have great travel itineraries um shoot me a dm on instagram yeah and i'll have her instagram down below so that you guys can check it out in the show notes but thank you so much thank I you love this is this great episode. yeah this is so fun thank yeah, you thanks thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode if you guys liked it again be sure to review give it five stars if you guys are enjoying the type of content i'm putting out and if you guys have feedback like i said just dm it to me and let me know i really hope that you guys did enjoy this episode i felt like it was one where i learned a lot from it and i just felt like a sponge absorbing what she was telling me so i really hope that it brought value to your life as well so thank you guys again and i will see you guys next week with another episode of the real real podcast Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the Mom Room Podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood. Hey, my name is Lovan Roomf and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. 
At The Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here. And vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.